is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Hey. It's going. How about stuff? I just woke up. Oh, are you there? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you. I lost you for a second. I said I just woke up. Aha! So I get your bright-eyed and bushy tail. <laughs> yep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Entertainment Beyond. For that, with that uh, exciting introduction, we are back again for another riveting podcast. Uh, today, although we're going to review an animated movie, the podcast will, I'm sure, be not G-rated, um, as they never are. Um, so, yeah, uh, why don't we get into it? You want to take the... No, you can, because fuck this movie. <laughs> you can get into it. Okay, so, so I'm going to... I'm going to begin with, with what you've asked the other day, which was, when are we going to see a movie from you that's ever high art? This is high art. No, I'm just kidding. Are you fucking No, I'm ass. kidding. I'm kidding. It's not high art at all. I was joking. I just wanted to kind of lean in with that. I figured you'd get a kick out of that since uh, you mentioned that you were a little disappointed in this one you texted earlier. So, little. So to be fair, I watched it twice. I really enjoyed it. So I guess we're going to be on opposite sides of the spectrum of this. So we're talking about Tom and Jerry, which was just released on HBO Max. Uh, it's a new film made in 2021, although it was probably done last year, I don't know, but it was just released. Um, and it uh, obviously stars the animated characters, Tom and Jerry, that every that are, you know, the beloved characters. And it's got, um, but they're woven in with real life actors and actresses. So it's animation, Roger Rabbit style. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a Tom and Jerry story that takes place in a hotel with um, you know, with the, the wedding, with a wedding going on that gets obviously disrupted and so on. Um, obviously, the the main uh, beyond Tom and Jerry, the main character is a girl who's you know struggling. And I I need to know the actress's name. Hold on for just a second. Let me see if I can. Chloe Grace Moretz. There you go. Um, you know, who's kind of a. Down in the rock, trying to she lies. She's a fucking grifter. She is. She is, a, she is definitely a criminal. <laughs> you use that term like like you're opposed to that. She's a criminal. <laughs> Aren't we all in a little bit of way? Anyhow, uh, not me. I'm a good young Christian man. I've never done anything wrong in my life. <laughs> Well, I'm not willing to take that same. I'm not willing to make that same lie. Anyone that listens to this that knows me knows that I am far from good. Um, but needless to say, um, so you know the story takes place basically. Uh, you know she's struggling, like you said, she's a grifter. She's a con woman. She doesn't. She she basically uh, cons this woman who's there for an interview at this hotel to to leave, and she makes me believe she's the person giving the interview and that she didn't make it, and then she basically treads off of that woman's resume to get a job, and of course, because she's the main character, that everything basically kind of goes right, even though 
goes right for it, even though everything is going wrong around her. She, you know, everything kind of falls into place for her, and obviously she becomes the, the kind of hero of the story beyond the Tom and Jerry stuff. I, you know, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I'm very interested to let you talk about what you disliked about it. Um, my, my instincts were to kind of let you talk about what you disliked about it first, just so that I can kind of think about the things that you disliked about it and kind of put them in context with the things that I liked about it um, to see if it had any sway. But I, I, first of all, I thought the animation was great. I thought Tom and Jerry were great. Um, I thought that their interaction was, you know, always is classic Tom and Jerry. I don't know if you're a Tom and Jerry fan, but I am. Yeah, I was a Tom and Jerry fan when I was like seven. <laughs> yeah, I still watch Tom and Jerry now. I mean, you know, if if I have nothing else to do, uh, I'm happy to turn on Tom and Jerry on Cartoon Network and, and just watch Tom and Jerry. Um, I was very happy that um, even though um, the other animated characters in the movie talked, they kept it true, and Jerry and Tom didn't um, because they don't. Um, in the show. Uh, normally Spike doesn't either and um, the other characters don't either, but I was okay with them doing that. I, you know, I am a total kid at heart. Um, this is, you know, right in my wheelhouse from when I was a kid. I was excited to watch it when Spike came on the screen with uh, Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live who plays Ben. I, you know, I got all happy, a big smile on my face. I love Spike. Uh, you know, this was right up my alley. I saw all of it was very good. I mean, it's it's not high art. It's not great dialogue. Um, you know, it's not even a great story. But it was a fun, exciting ride from beginning to end. Like I said, I always loved Tom and Jerry. I thought that the acting was okay. I do think Michael Pena, who I absolutely love, stole the show as he does in everything I see him in. We know him from Ant-Man um, and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp and a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know, he's always great. Um, and I thought, again, he stole the show. He was my favorite character in the movie. Um, I thought he was hysterical. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's classic Tom and Jerry in a, you know, with a real-life setting. And I thought they did a good job. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of them taking live animals and putting them on screen, like the remake of The Lion King with real animals. So, I, you know, I, I'm glad that they didn't try to get a real mouse and cat to do this in some way. I mean, I was very happy that it was animated along with live action because I like that. I mean, I've always been a fan of that since, you know, Roger Rabbit, I think. You know, I don't know if it was the first one to do it, but it's the first one I can really remember in my lifetime that, that was a big deal about tunes and live actors together and so I, i've always enjoyed that that um style and i thought that this you know i thought they hit a home run on this i've watched it twice i laugh out loud as i'm watching it and i thoroughly enjoyed it both times mm. i didn't even finish the movie and i could just guess and tell you what happens <laughs> fucking predictable this movie was so no, I did not finish it. I pieced out when they went to save the wedding because it's a cartoon movie. So, of course, she's going to save the wedding and get the job and everything's going to work out. It was a waste of time to watch it, honestly. I, uh, I did not like anything. 
about this movie. I did not like the musical choices. I did not like uh, the fact that everybody was just like cool with every animal being a fucking cartoon character and some real Roger Rabbit shit going on. And yeah, no, I just, this is the type of movie that I would only tolerate for one of my kids. I would not enjoy it. I'd probably fall asleep in the theater. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm not charmed by Tom and Jerry at all. Like I said, some things, uh, this would be like as painful to me as watching a Looney Tunes movie. Like this says, no bearing on my soul whatsoever. I'm just bored. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously there's not much of a rebuttal to that. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, if it doesn't move the needle for you, it doesn't move the needle for you. Obviously, we have different things that spark nostalgia for ourselves, and this is one of those. You know, Tom and Jerry was a big part of mine growing up. It's been a big part of my life always. Um, it's one of those cartoons. It's always been there, and I've always enjoyed it. So this this was definitely right up my alley. I recommend it to anybody that enjoys Tom and Jerry. I mean, if, if anybody, if any of our listeners are Tom and Jerry fans and you haven't seen this, check it out. Because for me, this is classic Tom and Jerry and it's great. I mean, I, I think you'll like it. I can understand potentially why you don't like it if you're not a Tom and Jerry fan. As you stated, they don't really move the needle for you. It's not like this. Again, it's not like a tie art. It's not like the acting's great. It's not like the writing's great. It's not like the story has a twist. It's pretty predictable. You know, it's just, I thought it was just a good, um, you know, half animated, you know, film. I thought it was fun, very entertaining. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, so, but I could see, you know, why, you know, it might not be your thing if that's, you know, if you're not a Tom. And can the viewer see that Tom and Jerry has apparently been a friend and a confidant to Alan? <laughs> I don't think quite go that far. It's not like I'm, you know, it's not like they're cathartic per se. Um, but they definitely provide a nostalgia um, when I, when I Alan watch. watches Tom and Jerry and he cries into his T&J t-shirt. No doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. I am a big softie. So, yeah. So Yeah, though, I, uh, I was not dazzled. I didn't like Michael Pena either. I don't want to see. I want to see Luis for whatever or whatever his name is from Ant-Man 3. I want that Michael Pena. He played too much of a straight man here. I didn't find him to be funny at all. I found him to be a, a prick. Yeah. Like there was, he was not playing a funny person. He was playing a straight man who, like, it just, oh, man. It's nothing about this movie worked for me. It didn't, uh, didn't, it didn't bounce off the backboard. It didn't bump the needle. It didn't shake its booty. Well, that it didn't is do anything Because this, this bad boy gets... For me, it's man. I want to give it four puffs, but it's a three puffer. I'll, I'll go with three. Four is four is reserved for. But we'll see if there's a fourth. Four is reserved for that high art category, of which me and you still haven't quite watched a movie together collectively. I've seen plenty of them in my life, and I can give you a list of them if you wanted to know what I think. But we, I don't think we've watched. We might have watched one or two so far. But uh, so I'll give this three out of four puffs. It sounds like you're not puffing on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was puffing on weed when I was watching it, but you're gonna pass. I don't know. Very strange this week. Give it a quarter of a puff, I guess. Quarter of a puff. All right. I'll give it a quarter of a puff because it was Tim's story. Yeah, 
I mean, I, yeah, and you know, I, I thought that the story was okay. Uh, Tim's story no, no, was a good director. Yeah. I know he's actually okay. the director. I'm saying I thought it was a, I thought it was an okay story. I mean, again, there wasn't you know any major twists or any major turns, but it's not the worst story I've seen presented on TV, you know, or in a movie. So yeah, no, I mean, I thought the direction was good. I mean, I liked the cinematography, the animation. I thought was great. Even if maybe you're not a fan of Tom and Jerry, I thought the animation was good. They've definitely come a long way as well they should. I mean, it was, what, I don't know, 25 years ago. But they've come a long way since Roger Rabbit um, and being able to kind of intertwine and make it look much more seamless, you know. And, and I, like you said, I, you know, you don't care for that particular style. And I, and I really do. I really like that style. So I like it much more than trying to bring real animals into movies if you want to actually bring humans into cartoon adaptations. I'm not necessarily for readapting cartoons. You know, if something's a cartoon, keep it a fucking cartoon. It doesn't have to be made live action. We don't have to go back and redo every single Disney movie cartoon and live action. And we especially Yeah, you do. You gotta double dip and get that double Disney movie. And you especially don't have to do it when they're all animal based with real fucking animals. That that doesn't move the needle for me at all. So yeah, I mean I like this this style of of animation with live action. So I can't personally say enough about it other than the fact that I've watched it twice and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Why don't you just go watch it a third time? I probably will. Hey, I've only got 30 days. You know what? I might even buy the movie. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to go see it in theaters too. <laughs> no, I, no, but you know what I did see today was... Um, I guess it's maybe not the first one, but I saw a preview for a film, and of course, now my my marijuana uh, uh, rattled brain is drawing a blank on what it was for. But it's the first preview I remember noticing in a long time that is being strictly advertised as coming out in theaters um, in the next. I think it was a couple weeks, so uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. So we're definitely. What is it? Fuck, I can't remember what it was now. Um, I have no idea. I want to say it was an action film but I don't remember what it was. I want to say that the, some of the lettering was like in bold or gold print on the, on the screen. I don't, yeah, gold or yellow. I don't, yeah, I'm drawing a blank right now. But, um, but I just, I, what caught my attention was that it wasn't being advertised on any streaming platform. It was simply being advertised as being released in the theater, um, which is something that I haven't seen in a long, in a while now because of the pandemic. I mean, basically every movie that they advertise you know, in the last 12 months now, or, you know, 10 months, has been, you know, on some sort of streaming platform. So I think that's probably some sort of an indication of, clearly there are hopes that, you know, we're going to be getting back to some sort of normalcy with movies and movie theaters here in the near future. Before everybody ruins it. Uh, so... What else? But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, what else did I see? Well, I took three hits of LSD and I watched Cats the other night. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, three hits of LSD will yeah. do that for anybody. Could, could potentially put anybody down. That's a fair amount of LSD to do. And then to watch a, a movie like Cats, of which I haven't seen, but I can only imagine. I'm familiar with the play, um, and the, the, the movie is clearly an adaptation of the play. And so I can only imagine it's probably extremely bizarre sober or just stoned, let alone on three hits of LSD. Um, nobody needs to watch that movie. That's one of those movies that they should collect every copy of it. 
and steamroll over it because it's a fucking nightmare. And most musicals have regular dialogue in between all the songs that move the plot along. This movie, just from the jump. And it's a song, and I swear to God, Alan, if you ever mention the words Jellicle and Cat, I will slap you in the teeth. I never want to hear the phrase Jellicle Cat again. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I do not know what Jellicle Cat is. But they said that term, like, at least a thousand times in the opening song. <laughs> a Jellicle Cat will go to the Jellicle Ball. Like, uh, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. All I know is I made a mistake. <laughs> So is that your new name? Jellicle no, Cat. no, it's not. I don't even know. What is that? Like, evangelical? What do you mean? Yeah, I feel like you're missing some words there. It does feel like, yeah, it feels like, yeah, it feels like you're definitely missing some words. Jellicle Cat, I'm not sure, yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber was on cocaine when he made this production. Probably no doubt about that. <laughs> Nothing, nothing in this movie that they were talking about made any fucking sense whatsoever. And maybe like that was the genius of it is that they're cats. And so, well, no, because I've watched <laughs> other things. It's not my first foray, foray into the, the, the fields of LSD. But maybe that's like the point because cats don't make any sense. So if they could talk, it would just be a bunch of bullshit nonsense. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how they tricked... You ever watch a movie? It's terrible. And you're like, but it's Dame Judy Dench in there. Like, how did they trip? Like, do they have her family members or something? Do they have something on her? How did they get Idris Elba in here? Like, you're what right. the fuck? Yes, I've definitely seen movies like that. Yeah, it was not a good movie. You know, any movie that makes you, as a reaction, bite yourself really, really hard three times, it's not a movie that you should just be watching willy nilly. Yes, I would say not. Yeah, I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but and I definitely haven't seen it on acid. So <laughs> I'm true. I mean, I've seen enough stuff on acid and done enough acid. I can only imagine, and I'm familiar with cats, so I can only imagine that that probably wasn't necessarily the greatest choice of movies to watch after taking three hits of LSD. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, we watched. Uh, I, you know, I've done stuff like that. The laser, you know. Pink Floyd's laser light show on DVD or something, you know, after taking acid. And that's not quite the same, but it's, you know, I mean, it's all supposed to stimulate the senses and some weird shit. And, you know, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. It all depends on what's going on. This clearly sounds like this was not a good, a good fit. LSD and cats. (laughs) As soon as I turned it on, my mouth was open in shock for about 20 minutes. So did you actually watch the whole thing? Fuck no, man, because it felt like it lasted for seven hours. I kept <laughs> checking the time thingy, and it just was like the little thing wasn't even moving at all. So I had to I had to bail out. I couldn't do that anymore because I just couldn't do it. I hear you. Yes, that's probably, that was probably a rough one. That's, a, that's not an adventure I would embark upon. If I was going to be taking LSD and then picking something to watch, it probably wouldn't be cats. Well, it definitely won't be now after your, your, your uh, circumstances or your uh, experience, but I probably wouldn't pick that to begin with. <laughs> Maybe you like living nightmares or living inside of a fucking nightmare like me. I, and the thing is, they didn't even fucking, like, at least Andrew Lloyd Webber had the good sense to, like, 
like, hey, you guys are going to get in suits that look like cats. These fucking fucks decided that, like, everybody's just going to be a weird CGI cat thing, cheetah thing, like an unnatural, ungodly looking creature, an abomination. And, like, everybody's just cool with that, you know? And they <laughs> fucked up so bad the production, you know, that they originally, in the first cut of the movie, all the cats had human hands because they didn't CGI the hands. Nice. So, like, this movie's just a, oh my god, I'm glad I didn't see that because that just would have... That just would have sent it way off. Probably would have fucking tossed my head through a window like Long Dart. <laughs> so, I did watch another movie on Disney, 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 uh, Flora and Ulysses, um, which was, you know, a, another... Oh, uh, that squirrel movie? Yeah, the squirrel movie. It was cute. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I, I, you know, I am, as you probably can tell from my, my review of Tom and Jerry, um, I am a 44-year-old kid, and I watch cartoons every chance I can get my hands on, um, and I watch almost every cartoon that comes out that's, you know, being pushed to the mainstream, and so I saw this at the top of my, on the top HBO Max banner, and I had to check it out, so. Um, and you know, it's a it's a funny, family friendly you know movie about a squirrel that becomes a superhero and all the little shenanigans that happen there. The acting's pretty good. I thought that the the mom and dad, who are both actors that I know from other stuff, um, and the daughter were all very good. And uh, it's an enjoyable family movie. I recommend it to anybody that likes you know good wholesome family disney stuff you know i mean some of disney stuff isn't always wholesome and some of it's definitely got its issues a lot of it has its issues and this is you know probably no different it's very whitewashed um but i enjoyed it nonetheless you know i I try and again this is probably part of the whole issue with hollywood in general and a lack of diversity in films and why it doesn't promote more outrage among theater goers. I'm all for as much diversity as we can get in the films. And yet when I'm watching stuff, a lot of times I don't necessarily notice it right away. Like it doesn't always dawn on me that every single person I'm seeing in this is white or black or whatever, until I actually sit and critically think about it for a minute. Um, and, and, and as I'm thinking about it here, I, you know, yeah, I mean, this, this is pretty much a kind of a white suburban movie, but it's cute and it's, you know, it was fun and funny. Um, I, you might get a laugh out of it. It's, you know, again, it, it might not be really in your wheelhouse, but it might not be relatable to you. But, um, it's, you know, I thought it was cute and fun and enjoyable. I saw the trailer and I thought, eh, you know, eh. Yeah, I mean, it has a superhero. Yeah, I mean, it has yeah, a superhero undertone to it. But... So, and, and the dad is a comic book writer. So it's got a comic book undertone to it. Oh, the mom is Lily from How I Met Your Mom or How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you watched that show. Yeah, uh, fuck that show. But Lily from that show, Allison Hannigan, she plays the mom. Um, and the dad is someone that I know from something else, too. I can't think of who he is or the actor. But yeah, he's a comic book uh, creator and, and artist in the movie and so you know there's that undertone so and me being a comic book fan and uh 
superhero fan, it definitely, you know, kind of hit on those. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not a superhero film by any stretch of the imagination, but there's some superhero understory to it. And so that's kind of, it definitely added a little to it. Yeah, Again, they were definitely presenting that squirrel like a superhero in the trailer I saw. And, and, he, and he definitely is. He gets superhero powers, but it's not really like, you know, they don't, it's not like they give him a, 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 a suit and cape and he, you know, becomes the whole story. No, it's, it's not until really the sequel, Alan. You gotta wait till the sequel. It's, it's much less about his superhero powers than it is kind of about the surrounding story. This so. is just an origin story, you know? You gotta get his Uncle Ben to die and whatnot. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You can't have all. You can't have it all at once. So, yeah, if you're looking for something mindless and and kind of corny, check it out. Um, If not. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a better suggestion for you that's R-rated adult fun. If you're looking for something a little corny, because I saw a movie, too. It's called Willy's Wonderland, starring a silent acting Nicolas Cage. Willie's Wonderland, huh? Yeah, it's a it's a riff on the Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I don't fucking know shit about Five Nights at Freddy's besides to have some some creepy knockoff Chuck E. Cheese ass looking animatronic creatures that everybody swears are like alive. So that I've never heard anything about it. Yeah, uh, I check out the trailer. It's it's really fun. It's a really fun Nicolas Cage movie. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. That's the best way I can pitch it. It's a Nick Cage movie. He does some Nick Cagey things in it. He does some Nick Cagey things in it. I actually watched the the Croods, the original Croods again yesterday. And what are you like? Just on a high was, cartoon kicks? I told you. I just told you. I'm a big kid. I watch cartoons. Any chance I can get. If you come by my house and I have the TV on, you're highly likely to catch it on cartoons of some form. It's either The Simpsons or Family Guy or Chowder or Tom and Jerry or something. So I, I, I'm a huge cartoon person, but I was watching The Cruise yesterday with my wife, and of course the father of that is Nicolas Cage. So six degrees of separation. You know, they just came out with a, a new one, or they're coming out with a new one. Yep, I'll check that out. I haven't seen it yet, but I did check out. The, they had a TV show on on. Netflix too. They did it. Maybe it was Disney. They have an animated show that's got you know like ten episodes or something. That was okay. I mean, the Crudes isn't my my favorite, and you know I'm not necessarily the biggest Nicolas Cage fan. And of course, he's not like the the voiceover. He's not actually doing the voice for like the uh, series or whatever. That's why uh, I don't watch those TV shows because they usually don't bring in the same actors. Right. Me too. Yeah, I tend to not watch them as well. Um, and it depends on what it is um, and how bored I actually am. So, um, yeah, you know, I you know I like drama and comedy. I mean, I like drama and action and suspense and all those things, and I watch a lot of that stuff. But I really like cartoons and comedy. I like lighthearted stuff that I don't necessarily have to that isn't you know super intense the whole time. I did watch an interesting four part documentary on Hulu on the Wu Tang Clan called Of Mites and Men, which was really kind of cool. It was all of them kind of came together and talked about the formation of the Wu-Tang Clan. And they're like, they're in like this uh, theater almost where they're kind of all spread out. I wouldn't necessarily say social distancing, although I, I, I think it does. I think it was filmed last year. 
um, although it might have been in 2019. Uh, but it was pretty good. I don't know if you're a Wu-Tang fan, a Wu-Tang Clan fan, but if you are, it's a good documentary. Um, and it's it's good because it's all off. You get it all directly from, from the horse's mouth, which is kind of cool. Because a lot of times, those things are so, like, um, you know... Second-hand information. Exactly. You know, the, they'll do a piece on the... So-and-so who grew up loving hip-hop in the Wu-Tang Clan wants to do a story on the Wu-Tang Clan, but none of them will actually talk to him. So it's all there. You know, whoever they can find in any of those guys' orbits that will talk. And it's always like the driver that was fired four years ago and, you know, those kind of things. So it's always cool when you actually get it from the actual uh, performers. So if you, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if you're a Wu-Tang fan, but if you are, that's, check it out. It, it, it was a good documentary. I am a fan. I am going to... I got to finish that series first, though. Um, the Wu-Tang, the American Saga? Yeah. That was good. I like that. That's, you know, obviously a little bit different because even though it's based on true life, it's done in a, in a fictional way, kind of. You know, I mean, it's an actual TV show as opposed to... This is like a more of a documentary. This is an actual... Well, it's not more of... It is an actual documentary. As opposed, I did like that one though. I'm waiting for season two. On that. I don't know if there'll be a season two, but I'm, I'm hoping that there will be. I, I enjoyed that. I thought the actor that plays Riza does a good job. I, he's a he's a, he was on something else. I want to say it's not the same kid that was on Moonlight, right? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen Moonlight. Okay, I wouldn't be able to answer. I mean, I should, I, you know, this is Entertainment Beyond, and it's a podcast on... Yeah, you call yourself Mr. Entertainment Beyond. You would think I would do a little bit more homework. Um, but, yeah, the actor that plays Riza in uh, that Wu-Tang, I mean, an American saga who does a good job. And, and I like the, I like all the, the actors they got to cast that show. I thought, I thought they did a good job of that. So. Yeah, from what I saw, it was entertaining. I just got busy with other things. Yep. I'm surprisingly, you know, always able to seem to squeeze in time for TV. <laughs> well, when I say I got busy with other things, I mean, I just wanted to watch some more so sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, repeat episodes, of course. Well, you know, it's all repeat. There's nothing new <laughs> that I haven't, you know, seen. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I still haven't made it through, I don't, what is it, season 15? I'm only at, like, season 7. And honestly, I haven't watched it in probably a couple months now because there's been so much other stuff going on. I watch wrestling with a... I talk wrestling with a friend all the time, and so we, you know, I try to watch them so that we can talk about it. And there's a lot of wrestling on TV at the moment, so I spend a lot of time watching a lot of wrestling. <laughs> yes, there is a shitload of wrestling. Yep. So I think that's all I have. It's a little bit of a short episode, or at least unless you have more stuff, but that's that's all I have on no. top and I don't think I have any other news at the moment. No, I don't uh I didn't have anything else to add. There's nothing wrong with doing a little short episode. I'm sure the all three of the listeners would enjoy that break. <laughs> that's right. Our wonderful three, our fab three. Absolutely. 
And then uh, I don't know if you got my message, but I sent you a couple options. You know, I, sorry, I couldn't find anything cartoon, something live action. Switch <laughs> it up. I, uh, I did see that, and I, I'm not familiar with either of them. And just off the top from the picture that you sent over and just the names of the two films, I texted back, let's do Bliss. But if you want I to do... I didn't get that text message. You didn't send that to me. Okay. Well, then I'm, I might have sent it to somebody else. <laughs> Either way, I was thinking, let's do Bliss. Or, I mean, unless you had your mindset on the other one. I, what is it? Honey No or No Honey? Or... No Honey. It's called Honey Boy. It's the it's the, the story of Shia LaBeouf. It's like his, like... Um, oh. How about a, how about a life story or whatever. Okay, yeah, see, I didn't watch either of the trailers. I just looked at the pictures you sent and the names of the film. And, You're you like, know, uh, I. Uh, Shia LaBeouf or Owen Wilson. Uh, guess I'm going to wedding crash. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I did, and to be honest with you, I didn't even look at it long enough to recognize that it was Owen Wilson. I just thought, oh, the guy in that picture looks kind of eerie and the name looks kind of cool, so let's check out that one. <laughs> So, but I mean, let's, let's, let's watch them both and do them in subsequent weeks because knowing that it's a Shia LaBeouf story, I'm kind of interested because I like Shia. Um, I think he's a, you know, a good actor and I'm, I've always enjoyed his films. So, and I know that he's had kind of a, a roller coaster, uh, you know, life and adulthood especially. So I, I'd like to watch that. So we can either do that. Let's, you want to do that one first and then. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do yeah. a drama, a drama. So that, that one's Honey Boy, right? Yes. Okay. So we'll do Honey Boy for next week, and then maybe we can do Bliss the week after or whatever. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Well, um, uh, did you watch Monday Night Raw? I have not watched Monday Night Raw yet. I am behind on – I'm still trying. I got to watch SmackDown from, from Friday. Yeah, so. It's all the same shit, man. It's all the <laughs> Thunderdome lockdown. You no, need I don't. to watch Monday Night Raw because they're doing some good shit with Bobby Lashley. Oh, I see. So you're 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 you're, you're pro WWE. I haven't. No, I'm not pro WWE. I just watch <laughs> highlights when I'm bored at work. Uh huh. But you're pro Bobby Lashley. I'm pro anybody who's black that's getting opportunity that wasn't <laughs> given to black people before. My next question: You actually like Bobby Lashley as a wrestler, or are you just? Uh... I don't like how they portray him as a wrestler. African-American gentleman who's getting a push. No, no. I, I don't like how, like, well, come on. Bobby Lashley came back. He was pointing at his ass and talking about his fucking sisters. <laughs> like, what kind of joke shit is this? Right. And now they positioned him somebody that he should be. Uh, just fucking can't call yourself the destroyer and shit. And you're pointing, bending over and pointing at your ass. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Now, putting him, with, now he's, putting him with MVP has been, uh, you know, a total train, a total change for him. I mean, the Hurt business as a group is amazing. And MVP's done a really good job with Bobby Lashley, I think. I think where Lashley really lacks, although I don't really care for him in the ring, either is on the microphone. I think he's a terrible promo. And, and you know, MVP's been able to kind of keep him off the mic a little bit and kind of dominate the mic. And, let, and when they're not, let Shelton Benjamin and um, Cedric Alexander do the bulk of the talking instead of Bobby Lashley, which is good um, because Lashley's terrible. I, you know, I, I don't want to disparage. You know, here's the thing. The thing is, is that 
I want them to push Bobby Lashley to the moon simply for the same reasons that you do, because there's a lack of diversity in the company. And at the same time, like if they're going to push African American, an African American wrestler, I think there's much better wrestlers, both on the mic and in the ring than Bobby Lashley. I think Shelton Benjamin, I think Cedric Alexander, I think Apollo Cruz, I think, um, whatchamacallit, um, Kofi Kingston's partner. Well, both of them, Big E and uh, Xavier Woods. I think they're all better wrestlers and a better promo than Bobby Lashley. So for me, push one of them. Push them all, in my opinion, but push one of them. I, I guess I just don't care for Bobby Lashley particularly. I don't, he doesn't get me excited when he's wrestling or in the ring. Like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that that they're, you know, pushing a, a, a person of color. I think that's great because they, they have a lack of diversity, especially at the top of the card in the championship uh, picture. But there's other, you know, minority wrestlers that I think are better for that push than Bobby Lashley. Okay. Could be true, but I just like, I like what I'm seeing from Bobby Lashley since... His first run was a bunch of dog shit. Yeah, and to be fair, this is the best Bobby Lashley we've seen. I mean, I think this is by far both his best character and both his best in-ring work. I mean, I liked the full Nelson or the Hurt Lock, as he calls it. It looks good when he does it because he's a big, burly dude that can really kind of throw his opponent around no matter who it is in that position. And so it looks cool. And this is by far the best Bobby Lashley we've gotten anywhere, let alone in WWE. I just am not a big Bobby Lashley fan. Uh, they've got, like, the best entrance music. Yeah. The Hurt Business, yeah. The Hurt Business has... And the Hurt Business is amazing. I mean, I think they're they're the best thing right now that WWE is doing, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people really like Drew McIntyre and what he's got going on. and They like you know, Roman Reigns and, and his head of the table stuff. But for my money, I think the Hurt Business is the best on, on either Raw or SmackDown right now. So, I'm not going to disagree with you there. So. Alright. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode. And that was short. You guys are like, oh shit, you're not going to all three of us don't have to sit here for an hour and 57,000 minutes? <laughs> no. No, fucker. You get to go home early. It's a block day. Everybody get out. Take their homework with them. Yeah, the weather looks nice out there today. It's not raining out here in the Pacific Northwest, and it looks like it's uh, the sun is out here, at least in Vancouver. I'm not sure what it looks like over Lucky there. Lucky you, because it's really chilly over here in Portland. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, the sun is out here. I think it made it to, like, 55 here in Vancouver yesterday. It was actually kind of warm. I say that with big air quotes, but for up here, it was fairly warm. Yeah, it was warm over here um, yesterday as well. It was nice. Yeah. So, well, all right. So, uh, listeners, thank you again for tuning in and listening. And uh, we will be back with Honey Boy shortly, um, probably next week. And as always, absolutely, keep it classy. Stuff it down with a little bit of brown. All right. See you next week. All right. As always, thank you, Alan. Later.